Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911. The month of June is dedicated to the sacred heart of Jesus, not pride. A lot to talk about today. In 1693, Sister Margaret Mary Ella Koch, she had a vision of our Lord Jesus Christ, four visions actually, and his sacred heart was exposed. It was burning with love for his people. A good thing to do in June would be to consecrate yourself and your family to the sacred heart of Jesus this month and place or hang an image of the sacred heart of Jesus in your home. Why? Because when you do so, this indicates and reminds us that Jesus Christ is King and Lord of our homes, our marriages, our families. It lets lets everybody who comes to your house know that Jesus Christ is Lord of this house. Kind of like Joshua 24, 15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You're putting everybody on notice, yourself included. And what you're also doing, you're putting demons on notice that this house belongs to the Lord. So get out. That's what that means. lot to talk about today. I just want to remind you that those of you that are interested in going to the Holy Land with me from October 6th to the 16th, I'm doing a Holy Land trip October 6th to the 16th. You are welcome. to. I'd love to come and hang out with you for nine days. It'd be an incredible, incredible experience. Just go to my website, jesseromero.com, jesseromero.com, and you can go and get the flyer. And we can hang out for nine days in the land where God walked. Can you imagine <clears throat> walking together for nine days, the land where Jesus Christ walked? It's going to be a holy land pilgrimage. Just go to my website, jesseromero.com, jesseromero.com. I'd love to hang out with you for nine days in the holy land. Okay, let me share with you today's psalm. Beautiful psalm today. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall ever be in my mouth. Let my soul glory in the Lord. The lowly will hear me and be glad. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us together extol his name. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Look to him that you may be radiant with joy and your faces may not blush with shame. When the poor one called out, the Lord heard him and from all his distress, he saved him. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Taste and see how good the Lord is. Blessed the man who takes refuge in him. Rejoice and be glad for your reward will be great in heaven. Alleluia, alleluia. One of the bravest bishops in this country, it's no secret to anybody, is Bishop um, Joseph Strickland. He's on with my partner, Terry Barber, every single week here on Virgin's Most Powerful Radio on the Bishop Strickland Show. And uh, Bishop Strickland, he commented on what's happening with the Dodgers this Friday and uh, aligning themselves with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, which are a bunch of homosexual men that are poking fun, that uh, are, 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 
insulting our Catholic nuns. And so Bishop Strickland, commenting on the denunciations that baseball players are making of the Los Angeles Dodgers and their decision to honor the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, they're a bunch of homosexual men. They're not women. His Excellency Bishop Strickland compared the current influence that wokeism has on the culture. Wokeism is liberalism on steroids. It's simply communism is what it is. While the movement of wokeism may have its day, it's overplayed its hand, Bishop Strickland said, much like the wickedness that caused the fall of the Roman Empire. His Excellency Strickland said, Woke ideology will not stand. It has its day, but evil people tend to overplay their hand. Just like every evil empire through human history, whether it was before Christ or after Christ. And speaking about the woke themselves, Bishop Strickland noted that they don't know history. They're devoid of any understanding of how civilization has developed. And they're pushing an agenda that is evil. It's disconnected from the word of God. It's slanderous and blasphemous of Jesus Christ himself. His Excellency Bishop Strickland further emphasized that it is the duty of Catholics, both in the hierarchy and the lay faithful, to oppose radical woke ideology because it is anti-Christian. He also noted the need for the hierarchy to condemn wokeism and that the hesitation of some in the hierarchy stems from lack of faith. He's calling his brother bishops to denounce it. But he says a lot of them just lack faith. Bishop Strickland also called on Catholics to focus on holy things during June, noting the feasts. For example, the church celebrates this month. Specifically, <clears throat> he mentioned the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus on June 16th. Also, that of the Immaculate Heart of Mary the following day. We also celebrate the month of June, the Nativity of John the Baptist on the 24th, and the feast days of St. Peter and Paul on the 29th of June. So June is rife with celebrating holy things in the Catholic faith. Bishop Strickland said, All of us as people of faith, we need to be strengthened by those celebrations of holiness, and we need to pray and speak up with clarity and charity to oppose the evil of our age, he said, before noting that silence in the face of evil is complicity in evil. His Excellency further noted that the need to emphasize that living a life in conformity with the gospel is a joy-filled life, giving examples of saints who had great joy in spite of the suffering they had to endure. Bishop Strickland concluded the show by reminding his listeners of the universal call to holiness and the duty to spread the gospel saying, quote, we're called all of us to sanctify from our baptism and we are called to share baptism with every person that we can, close quote. I have a couple of comments. The woke communist culture wants to remake, build back better, destroy Western civilization as we know it and give us communism. But the Catholic Church built Western civilization by way of reminder. Most modern science was born in the Catholic Church. Did you know that? 
Yep, number one. Modern science was born in the Catholic Church. Number two. Catholic priests developed the idea of free market economics 500 years before Adam Smith. Number three. The Catholic Church invented the university system. Number four. The Catholic Church built the first hospital and orphanage system. Did you know that? Number five. Western law grew out of church canon law. Did you hear that? Western law that we enjoy today grew out of church canon law. Number six. The church humanized the West by insisting on the sacredness of all human life. No institution has done more to shape Western civilization than the 2,000-year-old built Catholic church and in ways that many of us have forgotten or never even known. Western civilization comes from the cult or culture of Roman Catholicism. That's where we get the word cult, from the word culture, or culture comes from the word cult. And that's where we get that word. Western civilization is a culture of Athens, that's philosophy and rhetoric, the culture of Rome, law and order, and the culture of Jerusalem, prophets and wisdom. We have transformed these cities and they've been perfected by Catholic Christianity. It is what has come down to us since roughly the 5th century. And it's been preserved mostly by Christian monks through the Dark Ages and restored to civilization in the High Middle Ages. It was what nourished Europe and was transplanted to America by, by, among many others, the Puritans. It was what education was until approximately the 1920s. Now, we can bemoan the signs of the times with heavy hearts and rightly say that the world is in control by evil men. There is so much in our society to lament, but our calls to be an Easter people, as Pope John Paul II reminded us in the midst of the Cold War, he said, we do not pretend that life is all beauty. We are aware of darkness and sin, of poverty and pain, but we know Jesus has conquered sin and passed through his own pain to the glory of the resurrection. And we live in the light of this Paschal mystery, the mystery of his death and resurrection. We are an Easter people, and Alleluia is our song. We're not looking for a shallow joy, but rather a joy that comes from faith, that grows through unselfish love, that respects the fundamental duty of love of neighbor, without which it would be unbecoming to speak of joy. We realize that joy is demanding. It demands unselfishness. It demands a readiness to say with Mary, be it done unto me according to thy word. And I also remind people of St. Jose Sanchez del Rio, the young Mexican martyr who was martyred for his faith in 1928. He asked his mother for permission to enlist with the Cristero troops who were fighting for religious freedom in Mexico. And you know what he said? Mom, it's never been so easy to earn heaven as it is now. <laughs> That's the time we're living in. Jesus 911. I want to talk about a Hollywood actor and uh, how playing the devil showed him how blessed God truly is. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, 
Dial 888-526-2151. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. That's today's psalm at Holy Mass. You know, there's a Hollywood actor, uh, Neil McDonough. He's a solid Catholic Christian man. And he said in an interview that in this one movie that he played the devil, he said that showed him how blessed by God he really is. So this Hollywood actor, who's a lover of Jesus, he said, boy, oh boy, playing the devil was something that really helped me out in my faith life so that I could really understand how truly blessed I am. So yeah, this Hollywood actor, you've seen him in a lot of movies, Neil McDonough. He's known for playing a villain in most of the projects that he takes on. He said his latest role as, as the devil truly showed him how blessed he is by God. So <clears throat> Neil McDonough is, uh, is starring in the upcoming Angel Studios sci-fi and action film. It's called The Shift. And although Neil has often played a villain and the bad guy, it's the first time in, he ever plays the devil in a movie. So, the movie The Shift, it follows a man named Kevin, played by Christopher Polaha who finds himself in a dystopian world confronted by a mysterious stranger known as the benefactor, who is McDonough, who presents him with challenges as he fights to shift realities and return to the woman he loves. So let me give you a synopsis of the film. Here's a compilation of the film. Let me give you a synopsis. So our job, Kevin will face off with the devil in a way that exposes his tricks and his lies by shining a light that cuts through all that darkness. Kevin will be presented with concrete temptations that most of us can relate to and will see how his choices alter the world around him. So, in a video interview with with the Christian Post, Neil McDonough, a Catholic Christian lover of Christ, He said the movie The Shift is the first time I've actually played the devil. While he initially decided that he couldn't play the devil, his wife, South American model, Ruve McDonough, convinced him to change his mind. She told her husband, she says, you look perplexed, what's wrong? The, the two discussed and prayed over the, the offered role and with McDonough's wife asking him, who's a better villain in this town than you, in this town of Hollywood? Neil McDonough's wife also asked him, what guy like you, who's a villain, also has an amazing relationship with God? To which he responded, I don't know, probably not many. So after giving it some thought, Neil McDonough accepted the role and is grateful that he did. He said, I'm so grateful that what my wife convinced me to do it because when you play characters like this, you learn so much about yourself and how blessed I am to have 
to have God's backing in everything that I do, to have all the gifts that God, that God's given me in my life, my amazing wife, my five kids, the movies and TV shows, everything. Neil McDonough explained, he says, we all at times have a very mean person in us. All of us, we're all human. There was only one person who was perfect and everyone else has been trying. And the harder you try, the more the devil will tempt you with stuff, says Neil McDonough. So playing the devil put this father of five's life into perspective. He, Neil said, when I get a chance to play a character like this, that's the devil, I get to learn so much about myself, about how blessed I really am in my life. Neil McDonough said, it's hard to explain what goes through your mind as a method actor when you play the devil. So I tried to make him as human as possible. <clears throat> Neil McDonough said that he took direction from the creators of the movie The Shift to mold his character. He says, he says uh, that, quote, we made him this eight-year-old spoiled little kid who didn't get that candy bar. And then by doing so, there's a moment at the end of the film where you can see how crushed the devil is that he can't understand the love that Chris has, has for God. Neil McDonough revealed, he said, you see, that poor dude, he's all messed up. We all have that every day. We all have that poor guy, that, that guy's messed up. But it's how you come back from it. It's how you dust yourself up or off after you do something that isn't really a great thing. So Neil McDonough says, when I get to play characters like this, it just makes me delve into how horrible life can be at times. But how amazing life can be when you have a company like Angel Studios or you, if you have entertainment out there that actually has a place where you can talk about things and talk through these things and what you should do for kids or what you shouldn't do and where goodness can lead you. Neil McDonough, this Catholic actor in Hollywood, lover of Christ, he said, looking back to where he came from and where he is now makes him extremely grateful. He says, I don't look at my other movies or TV shows because I think it would start to freak me out a little bit, realizing how truly blessed I am. Neil McDonough says, now to be here with Angel Studios, who think the same way as, as my wife and I do when it comes to entertainment, and to make shows the way that the way they make them, that the people get to vote on and then put money back into it. What Angel Studios is doing, no one else is doing. And he goes, Neil McDonough says, and I thank the Lord that they're doing it because it gives us all viewers a place to go see content that we feel comfortable watching. So, Viewers can see the movie, The Shift, with Neil McDonough in theaters. The movie's called The Shift. It's coming out January 2024. January 2024. And uh, as we're talking about movies as well, there's also another movie that I would highly recommend. Highly recommend. It was uh, made by Eduardo Verastegui and um, Monteverde, Alejandro Monteverde. 
And the movie is called Sound of Freedom. Jim Caviezel is the protagonist. It's a man's journey into a deep Colombian jungle to save a girl from ruthless child traffickers. And that movie is, uh, is right around the corner. The release date is right around the corner. Go on the internet and type in soundoffreedom.com, soundoffreedom.com. And let's make sure that we saturate the movie theaters with, with movies and watch movies, support movies like this one, Sound of Freedom. It's a, a man's journey into the deep Colombian jungle to save a girl from ruthless child traffickers. The director is Alejandro Gomez Monteverde. And it's got some A-list actors. Uh, the protagonist is Jim Caviezel. Or again, I also recommend you watch this movie, The Shift. It's coming out in theaters in January 2024. This is with uh, Catholic actor Neil McDonough. Let me share you a little bit about Hollywood with you that may interest you. The Catholic Church started an organization called the League of Decency in Hollywood to monitor the film industry decades ago. Catholicism, for a long time, most people don't realize, controlled the moral content that was put out by Hollywood. Again, this organization was called the League of Decency. Or, and the Catholic Church started the League of Decency, sometimes called the Legion of Decency in Hollywood, to monitor the film industry. That's why. They did so to monitor the film industry. From the 1930s to the 1960s, this was known as the golden era of Hollywood. It was known for its family movies. And during the 1930s, the Catholic Church assumed a strong role in movie approval and censorship in what many see as Hollywood's golden age. And the Catholic Church, the bishops at the time, when they put together this legion of decency, they put it together to vet movies. They vetted movies before they were released to the public. And during the golden age of Hollywood, the church was always portrayed in a positive light due to a self-imposed censorship. But after the Supreme Court ruled that movies could be regulated by themselves, the motion picture producers and distributors of America voluntarily adopted the production code, which established moral standards for movies. The production code was written by a Jesuit priest, Father Daniel Lord, and a Catholic layman, Martin Quigley. And the production code set moral norms for movies for 35 years. 35 years. And since most Hollywood studios were owned by, by Jews, Mick, uh, <clears throat> McDonald points out that the irony that Catholics and Jews, can you imagine, they were working together. Catholics and Jews were working together, establishing, establishing values for Protestant America, and Catholics in particular had become, for many decades, the regulators of popular American culture. I'm going to say that again, okay? 
So the production code that was used in Hollywood by decades was written by a Jesuit priest, Father Daniel Lord, and a Catholic layman, Martin Quigley. So the production code set moral norms for movies for 35 years. And most of the Hollywood studios were owned by Jews. And so here's the irony. The irony is, is that Catholics, New Testament Christians, and Jews, Old Testament believers, together were establishing values for Protestant America. And, and Catholics in particular had really become the regulators of popular American culture. Now, the Catholic Church, the Catholic bishops, when they started the Legion of Decency, they also invited Jewish rabbis to be part of this coalition. They also invited Protestant ministers. But this was an effort that was done by Catholics. You've been listening to Jesus 911. Up next, I'm going to be talking about don't let the devil control your mind. Don't let the devil control your mind. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Lord, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Psalm 69, verse 2. That's the flagship Bible verse for Jesus 911. Every single one of us must call on the name of Jesus. He is our hope. Hey, don't let the devil take control of your mind. Don't let the devil rent space in your mind. Don't let Satan's mind's games discourage you. That's what the devil does. He plays mind games, parlor tricks. I know a lot of people are, are going through some tough circumstances right now. I get it. I have a friend of mine whose business has failed. I have many friends who are in chronic pain. Doctors can't find a medical solution. I know another, uh, many people in my family who are battling addictions. <clears throat> Married couples that I know that have been struggle that struggle with infertility all their life. Several friends that I know that are feeling that they, that they have failed as parents because their adult children have walked away from God. All these things start playing mind games with you. Meanwhile, I even see many Catholic priests. They're experiencing discouragement. Even some of my, my, you know, my pastor's friends. Uh, some people that I even know in the Catholic Church are thinking of leaving the ministry because they feel like failures. But my message to all of you is this, and I'm going to be blunt. Don't even think about quitting on Jesus. All right. Don't even think about quitting on Jesus. If there's a cloud of heaviness that settled over you recently, don't let this stop you from fulfilling your mission, which is to save your soul and to save others. So here's a couple of things that I would recommend to regain your spiritual strength and even your physical strength. As a Catholic, man or woman, 
you got to go to your secret place often. What is your secret place? Well, do what King David did when he felt like he was sinking in a pit of depression. David took, he took refuge in God's presence. David says in Psalm 55, 16, he says this, as for me, I shall, I shall call upon God and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I will complain. I will complain and murmur and he will hear my voice. Close quote. In other words, King David found the best therapy in the act of honest worship. So go to mass often every day if you can and get rid of the, of these of these demons that just plague that just bring darkness over your mind. David poured out his soul to God and, and he placed his trust in the Lord alone and he knew that God would rescue him. So don't let Satan's constant assaults wear you down. Pray daily, often, pray sincerely. Even sing to God, that helps. Sing to the Lord and then pray again. And pray until you hear a refreshing word from God that will override the lies of the enemy. Sing to God. Sing until that darkness lifts. And when the breakthrough comes, the joy of the Lord will spring up from the wells of salvation. When you pray and you sing to God, the heavy clouds of discouragement will, will disappear. And this way you're able to resist the devil and he will flee from you. You know what I do a lot? I sing a lot of sacred music, a lot of Gregorian chant songs throughout the day in my mind. Sometimes I'll, I'll say it vocally. Things like, Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita it songs like that that I'll sing throughout the day. That's Hail Holy Queen, by the way, in Latin. It brings you so much peace. And I can tell you, the devil doesn't like sacred music. There's a story in 1 Samuel chapter 6, verses 14 to 23. We see that King Saul was diabolically afflicted. And so he calls Jewish exorcisms. He calls people to help him. Nobody's able to help him. They bring in a little boy named David who sang music to God. And King Saul said, yeah, bring him. I'll take anybody. I'm desperate. Little David took his lyre and he played it with his hand and he began singing to God. And as he played, the Bible says in verse 23, whenever the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, David took the lyre and played it with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well and the evil spirit departed from him. Singing to God drives away demons. It's right in the Bible. Here's a couple of other things that I would recommend. Find fellow warriors 
the warfare that we're engaged right now is best not faced alone. I feel, I feel, I feel, I, I pity the lonely person who has no friends in the day of battle. David, King David had 37 mighty men in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 8, who fought beside him. And they loved him so much they risked their lives to protect him. They were called the mighty men of valor. So if you want to overcome discouragement, you need foxhole buddies who are willing to pray with you, carry your burdens, and help you stay encouraged. Don't wait until you're ready to quit to recruit these comrades. Just like Moses, we all need errands and hers to lift up our arms when we don't have the strength to pray alone. You can read that story in Exodus chapter 17, verses 12 to 14. And don't ever think that you have to face your trials alone. God has placed us in his family and we're surrounded by brothers and sisters who love us. Don't submit to the devil's mind games. Satan knows how to discourage us. He knows our triggers. His lies are sharp arrows that he hurls in our direction, causing us to doubt God's promises or to question our identity as triumphant believers in Christ. You can't submit one minute to the devil's psychological warfare. Reject it. Goliath's, his taunts, it didn't dampen David's zeal. Also, Sanballat's threats didn't coax Nehemiah off the walls of Jerusalem. And the self-righteous Pharisees who criticized Jesus, every move didn't stop our Lord from showing compassion to sinners and outcasts. And so just like these heroes, you must fight the fight, of, the good fight of faith and use the shield of faith to repel Satan's attacks. Satan sometimes uses people to discourage us. And some of his tools are actually Christians who thrive on drama and negativity. Like Lucifer, they invent lies, entertain suspicions, spread toxic gossip, and tear other Christians apart with their words. Sometimes I honestly believe the devil could go on a long vacation and a lot of Christians would be happy to do his work for him. You must tune out the irrelevant noise made by small-minded people who would rather tear down the work of God than build it up. Forgive them and move on. Don't ever allow people's petty weaknesses to convince you to throw in the towel. We got to re-enlist for war. That's what we have to do. It was Winston Churchill who said the following, quote, You have enemies? Good. That means you stood up for something. Sometime in your life. Close quote. Winston Churchill knew what all seasoned leaders understand. If you're out in front, people will pick you apart like vultures eat a carcass. Opposition comes with the assignment. Accept it and move forward. Jesus never told us that life would be free of problems. He told his disciples in the world, he says in John 16, 33, in the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Paul told Timothy, 
in 2 Timothy 3.12, he says this, And indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Close quote. This is what we signed up for. But some of us need to renew our commitment to fight the good fight of faith. Let's pray for each other. As we face this battle together. And the battles in the years to come. Again, the power of just praising God in the midst of these battles. In Acts chapter 16, verses 19 to 26, St. Paul and Silas are, are arrested. They're dragged into the marketplace. They're, they're, they're brought before the, the magistrates and they're put in prison for preaching the risen Christ. And guess what happens? Right around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were unfastened. Why? Notice that when Paul and Silas in prison, not complaining, but began singing and praising God, this moved the hand of God which caused the Lord to perform a miracle and liberate them and set them free. Jesus 911. We'll be right back, family. I want to give you some news about this Friday at Dodger Stadium. I'll be there. Stick around. Now. Back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. Let's not be guilty of the sin of omission. And if you can make it to Dodger Stadium on June 16th to join Catholics and even Protestants and Jews in a, in a peaceful prayer rally, do so. You know, when we go to Holy Mass... We say this prayer and we pray that we not uh, be guilty of the sin of omission like many Catholics are that can be there. We say this in the penitential rite. We say, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, failed to do, failed to do. That's the sin of omission. Many Catholics that can be there from Los Angeles, from the Archdiocese and other places, uh, uh, you know, from the official channels of the church that should be there. Uh, if they're not there, they will be guilty of the sin of omission. Absolutely. They will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and they're going to render an account for this. Catholics do not be guilty of the sin of omission. If you can make it, you live around the area you have the ability to go join us in prayer. So here's the way the day is, uh, is, is going to go. It's this June 16th. Catholics are, we've organized a, a, a peaceful prayer rally at Dodger Stadium. Why? In reparation for the offenses committed against our Lord Jesus Christ, against Our Lady. And really, <clears throat> all Christians should be offended 
And the fact is, even even uh, people of goodwill should be offended that homosexual men are impersonating Catholic nuns, calling themselves sisters of perpetual indulgence, and they're being honored at Dodger Stadium on Friday on June 16th. Honored for what? Are you kidding me? We're going to be supplying posters and banners. They will be, we'll be handing them out to the people that attend. This is going to be a peaceful, prayerful rally. What's optional is wear something red because it's, it's the actual day of the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So wear something red if you can. I'm going to be wearing a red t-shirt. My wife is as well. That says, uh, uh, with, the, with the picture of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So, how is this uh, going to happen? This is a collaborate. This effort was put together by Catholics. Okay? It was put together by Catholics. My brother Johnny Romero, who lives out there in Southern California. Other friends of mine, David Ursua, Laura Chavez, Adriana Ursua. They discovered that the Dodgers were going to honor these trans, these uh, homosexual men who who uh, impersonate nuns. That they were going to be honored the actual day, the feast day of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And so they started planning. They said, "We have to respond." So they started calling other lay Catholics. And remember, for lay Catholics. The public square is ours. We have a constitutional right to go out there to peaceably assemble the right to free speech, the right to religious liberty, and that's exactly what we're doing. This is a prudential judgment. A prudential judgment. Which means on a prudential judgment... You have to look to your own moral conscience and decide what to do. This is something that a bishop or a pope can't tell you. Go out there and, uh, or don't go out there. It's a prudential judgment. This is left to the moral conscience of every Catholic. And so, we're going to be assembling, staging at Lot 13 of Dodger Stadium. Lot 13. <clears throat> Hopefully people should be assembling between 2 and 3 p.m., parking their cars between 2 and 3 p.m. Because we want to start the program at 3 p.m. If all goes well, there will be an opening prayer by what I would call uh, uh, America's Bishop, (laughs) Bishop Strickland, who will open in a prayer of blessing, prayers of protection over all of us, lead us in the chaplet of the Divine Mercy, He'll also pray a perimeter prayer over the location, right from the stage with, with hands raised in the air like an apostle. At about 3.15, Bishop Strickland, or he could assign a priest, will start processing around Lot 13 with a dozen acolytes, bells, candles, the crucifix, as he sprinkles blessed salt and holy water around our perimeter. By the way, <clears throat> when my brother Johnny and my other friends David, Adriana, and Laura, good, very solid Catholics that live in Southern California, when they found out 
that the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence were being honored by the Dodgers, they called me up immediately and they said, we want you to, can, can you help us with this? And I said, of course. As soon as they told me what was going on, I said, of course, you got my full support. So it's, be, it's been between Johnny Romero, myself, Laura Chavez, David, and Adriana Rusua. Those five, we started putting our little heads together and started saying, okay, how can we respond? And so little by little, we've been pulling in other people to come and help us because this is a, a collaborative effort. And thanks be to God, a lot of Catholic apostolates have supported us and have said, absolutely, we want to be part of this. The first one was Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Terry Barber was the first one to say, sign me up, I'm in. Whatever you guys need, I'll be there. We also have Catholics for Catholics with John Yep, which is another great organization. It's, it's pretty new. It's a great organization, and you're going to see a lot of good things happening in the results of Catholics for Catholics. John, uh, he, I, I just basically said, you're kind of a media guy, and you're well-connected with the, with the world of uh, culture and politics. So I put him in charge of all the media. We also have Catholic Vote, who's doing a lot of publicity, Church Militant is doing a lot of publicity for us. LifeSite News is doing a lot of publicity for us. America Needs Fatima will be coming down and praying along with us and bringing banners, uh, appropriate banners with the proper messaging to hold there on Vince Scully Scully Drive as uh, tens of thousands of cars are going into Dodger Stadium to watch the game. They're going to see thousands of Catholics outside praying, holding banners and posters basically saying that we oppose bigotry, we oppose hate. And so um, we've also had the Catholic Men's Fellowship. They've also, they're also participating with us. We have uh, the Brotherhood of St. Dismas. We have uh, uh, Lepanto Institute. So we have great Catholic apostolates that, have, uh, that we're all working together, all advertising. They're sending their people out here. Because we want to stand up for Jesus. This is a moment in history to stand up, stand up, stand up for Jesus with our lives, with our lips, and with our love. Now, from 3.15 to about 3.30, we'll be praying some of the beautiful litanies to Jesus, like the litanies to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. We'll be praying the litanies of the Holy Name of Jesus, litanies of the Holy Face of Jesus, litanies of the Precious Blood of Jesus. Beautiful Christ-centered litanies. Now, from about 3.30 to 5, we'll have some inspirational speakers that were invited by Catholics, uh, Catholics for Catholics, John Yep. They'll get on stage, and they're going to start to inspire the crowd. Bishop Strickland will be the final Catholic speaker from about 4.45 to 5 p.m. Then from 5 p.m. to about 7 p.m., Catholic men and women will make our way to Vince Scully Drive with signs to to pray and witness our love for Jesus Christ and do prayers of reparation for the enemies of God and do prayers of conversion for all those people that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ and that are offending him. From 5 to 6 p.m., our non-Catholic Christian brothers, they're going to take the stage while we Catholics are down there on Vince Scully Drive. In, in, in doing a prayerful, uh, peaceful witness for our Lord Jesus Christ with signs and banners. So the non-Catholics, they'll take the stage from about 5 to 6 p.m. They're going to inspire their audience 
uh, the Protestants that are attending the prayer rally. Then from about 6 to 6.30 p.m., the, the Protestant brothers will provide praise and worship music. From 6.30 to 7 p.m., the Catholics will take the stage back and we'll end with the Holy Rosary. And at 7 p.m., we will end with the Holy Rosary. 7 p.m., that's the end of the rally. Here's what's important. Make sure that you've gone to confession sometime this week. And try to go to daily Mass this week if you can. What's most important is to be in a state of grace. If you plan on going, if you plan on being out there, we need you to be in a state of grace. Bring a rosary. Wear blessed objects around your neck or in your pocket. And make sure, again, that you're all prayed up, that you've gone to confession recently. Because as Catholics, we're going to stand out there like, like medieval crusaders. And what was the battle cry of the medieval crusaders? It was Christ conquers, Christ reigns, Christ commands. That's the battle cry. Christus vincit, Christus reinat, Christus imperat. That's the royal praise throughout history. It's an acclamation that asserts that Christ is king, the king of kings. And we pull no punches because that's exactly what he is. Catholics, do not be discouraged by the enormity of the task that lies ahead of us. We can do this. With God on our side, we're an army of one. Remember, this is our Esther moment. We were, we were born for such a time as this. We have to rise to the occasion. The time for wavering is over. The time for playing with sin is over. Whatever is in your life that's preventing you from your high calling and giving yourself to Jesus Christ, remove that impediment. There's no choice for us. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And whatever the culture of death brings upon us, guess what? We will follow Jesus Christ. We will not bow down our knees to the, to the false gods of this culture. We will bow our knees to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wake up, America. Don't hit this news button. Jesus is coming back one day. We'll see you this Friday. For those of you that can make it, for those of you of you that can't, we covet your prayers. That's it. That's a wrap up next. Gary Machuda, Hands-On Apologetics, coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. God bless you. Keep the faith.